Thank you for listening to Spiritual Teachings with Shunyamurti, recorded live at the Sat Yoga Ashram in Costa Rica. To join us for a life-changing meditation retreat, or to make a donation to support this transformational work, please visit our website, www.satyoga.org. To access more teachings or guided meditations from Shunyamurti, please visit the members section of our website or our YouTube channel, Sat Yoga Institute. Namaste. Grace is always given by God in its fullness. God doesn't dose out the grace, but humans receive it in doses that they feel they can handle. And most people are terrified by an overdose of grace. Because what would happen? Well, the ego would be shattered. They would be reabsorbed into God. And so the command of semi-pseudo-autonomy of the ego, the maintenance of family signifiers and of narcissism and of uh, particular kinds of jouissance would all dissolve. And so the grace uh, itself is felt as a threat rather than as the ultimate fulfillment of one's desire. Unless one has gone very far on this spiritual journey. So we, we could say that there are, there are seven levels of, uh, of one's uh, capacity, let's say, to receive grace. Okay. <laughs> When one first enters into the field of, uh, of grace or of non-duality, which they are really the same, uh, one comes as a, uh, a curiosity seeker. You know, one, is, uh, one comes to a, a seminar at an ashram to see, well, what are these strange people doing, you know, and... What, why do they sit on the ground for so long and you know, why do they chant these things or, uh, or engage in the practices that they do, etc. And uh, one is, uh, is looking for uh, strange phenomena that may include shakti, may include energy, may include um, the encounter with a kind of energy field that is non-ordinary. Uh, but it, it is uh, something that one wants to be able to leave behind when one leaves the ashram and not feel any uh, attachment because uh, that would threaten one's autonomy if one felt any need for it once one left, right? So one wants to feel, okay, that's them and that's their thing and great, but uh, I, you know, let me drink my alcohol and get back to my serious... Uh, life of jouissance. Now, it may well be that it has had such an effect that one actually has to carry the signifiers of the non-duality experience, and then one becomes what is called a dilettante. And uh, one becomes uh, someone who talks the talk of non-duality and uh, enters into master's discourse and pretends that they know everything there is to know about non-duality because they read a book by Ramana or uh, 
Nisargadatta or someone like that, or God forbid, Carl Renz, you know. <laughs> and then uh, they can talk about non-duality and give lectures on it and um, lead seminars and make money if they want. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, they don't want grace. They only want to be able to have an, a self-image, you see, that uh, is able to, uh, to use the concept of non-duality for political purposes, and for psychological domination, and whatever other uh, intentions the ego has. But it's not, uh, it's, it has nothing to do with grace, per se. And uh, many people are, are quite happy with that. But then what often will happen is uh, something will go wrong in one's life. And uh, the pain, the symptom perhaps, it's a physical illness, uh, or it's a, a psychological loss, a grief, a, uh, a trauma that arises, uh, an event of uh, a breakup of a relationship, something that will cause one to suddenly uh, realize uh, that they are not whole and that they cannot repair the damage and that therapy cannot repair the damage and that the kind of suffering that they are feeling uh, has no, uh, uh, no way to be assuaged through drugs or through jouissance of the old types. And that's when one's seeking becomes serious. Okay? That's when one is seeking grace. Okay? And you realize that only grace will do the job but you're not even sure there is such a thing as grace. You see, you don't have faith yet. You're seeking it, but you're not sure that what you're seeking is even real. This is a very delicate uh, moment in the journey. However, the seriousness of the seeking produces the evidence that one needs in order to have faith. And so the faith and the... Uh, let's say the dharma that produces the capacity for self-disciplined action on the path and that increases the one's willpower uh, brings more and more grace into one's life. And gradually the pain that drew one onto the path becomes more and more healed. Okay? At that point, one, when one feels that, okay, now uh, I'm in control again, uh, there, the desperation is, uh, is, is taken away, one can either say, oh, I don't need the path anymore and go back to the old life, or one can redouble one's effort and one goes from being uh, a seeker and a searcher to being a researcher. And this is when one becomes very serious about understanding the theory and the, the sources of wisdom, the, the sages, the traditions, the uh, intelligence that's obviously present 
in the uh, in the, the lineages of uh, of those who are uh, are able to share the grace that one has recognized as being real. And in that one uh, attains a kind of symbolic capacity to shift one's frame of reference out of that of duality into that of non-duality. And it's the shifting of the frame of reference that allows a greater uh, quotient of grace to enter into one's life. Because so long as one keeps the frame of reference of the ego mind, there will always be a sense of unworthiness of grace. And one will be a seeker of it, but not able to contain it, not able to hold it, not able to metabolize it, uh, not able to recognize that the grace is of the self, not of an other. And so that, uh, that inherent uh, paradigm of duality uh, keeps the grace in an alienated, unavailable uh, space. And it's when one converts from being a researcher into a devotee that now one is actively uh, relating directly to the source of grace and asking for that grace to be received. Okay, and it turns out that it's very important that one ask and that one uh, be open to the reception of grace and to, uh, to uh, become a channel through which that grace can flow because it is that that enables one to let go of the fear that one will be overwhelmed and shattered by it because now one is offering it, one is sharing it. And it's through those activities that are part of devotion uh, that the sharing of the grace, of the love, of the joy, uh, enables one to create communal harmony. And, uh, and that creates the community as a reservoir of grace so that it becomes something that's trans-individual. And it's uh, at that point that the... Uh, something will happen to the devotee in which devotion is no longer enough. There will be another kind of trauma that occurs at a higher level in which one recognizes that the gap between what one wants and, and what one is will never be filled through ordinary activity of devotion. And this is when uh, one becomes someone, uh, uh, a, a man with a hair on fire, to use the, uh, the, the term that Ramana often uses, man or woman, it doesn't really matter, but the point is that there comes a desperation and a, a sense that one's thirst will never be quenched, no matter how much one drinks uh, of this uh, shakti. It's never enough to just be on the receiving end of shakti. It's never enough uh, because uh, the moment will come 
when there will be forgetfulness again. The, the kirtan will end or the karma yoga or the gathering or whatever and then suddenly one is alone and in a sense of lack and the devotion uh, loses its, its power. Prayer loses its power. Whatever was the, uh, the, uh, the means, the instrumentation, the, uh, the modality, it could be reading, it could be uh, praying, it could be meditating in silence, but it's still always an activity that a subject is doing in order to have this objective uh, return on their investment of, of attention. And it's, it's going beyond that, that that leads to true uh, vairagya. And, and one becoming a vairagi means the surrender of the ego identity. And it is only with the ultimate surrender of the subject-object duality itself in which grace in its fullness is received. Because grace will always otherwise be an object that one wants, a subtle object indeed, but an object that is separate from the subject who wants it. And it is only when that duality is finally collapsed into the non-duality in which God is no longer another. There is no longer ego, world, and God as this triad in which one, this has become the frame of reference in which the, the relative amounts of Shakti are distributed among these three, but in which all three become one. And there is no longer a world or a God or a self, but only grace. That's all there is. That's what you are. And that is the fulfillment of the quest. Thank you for listening to the Spiritual Teachings with Shunyamurti podcast. For more information on programs and retreats, click on the calendar section of our website, www.satyoga.org. Our work is made possible by the generous support of our listeners, viewers, and members. To make a donation, please visit the donate page of our website. We thank you for your support in our mission to share this timeless wisdom with the world.